we're in this book it's uh, the Gimel on, 30, on page 161 we dealt last time with the pilpale, with the, the peppers and uh, somebody who's chewing on things and we dealt with this Shomer Pri of things that are protected is it considered to be part of the Pri itself is it considered to be part of the fruit itself what the, relating to what bracha itself is recited um, and we had some concepts of um, what is the sort of the when things in themselves are, are ripened enough to be considered fruit and when they're not to be considered fruit uh, and what bracha is ultimately recited um, and that's kind of where we finished off last time alright and it will continue now to do with brachot of what kind of bracha is recited this time more in terms of cooked items what is considered to be the main item and what is considered to be the minor item and what bracha is recited so we are at the words chavitz kedera page 161 in this book does everybody have where they're supposed to be looking in all the books chavitz oh, okay. kedera right, starts at the top of 249 alright everybody have it Okay. All right. So, somebody want to read today? Not all at once. Okay. You know, good. Chavitz Kedera Rufain Daisa Rabbi Huda Amar Shahakonia Bidvaro Rafkahana Amar Gore Mine Okay, so Chavitz Kedera seems to be some sort of mixture, and that's why it's all of uh, some sort of flour, oil, and honey. Okay, so what bracha do you say of something that's a mixture, that's a, ta- a rovet? Okay, according to Rav Yehuda, shakol niyad bivaro. Daisa today is? Cereal. cereal. Okay, so what bracha do you say on cereal, for instance? Okay, so actually my, my, my grandchildren in Israel, they, they put on six boxes of, you know, of cereal. Shmuley has this kind of Cheerios, and has that kind of Cheerios. Until I've learned it, they forgot it by next time I get there. No, no, several, no, this kind of thing. But they all say, they take one of them, like a bran flake, in order to say, Borei Mine Mizonot. That's the kind of the rules that they've kept. And then they can take whatever they want. From the Cheerios, and the this, and the that, and this one they like, this one they don't like. I don't know. Um, changes each trip. Um, and under those, and I can't remember anyhow. So, so that's normally what daisa is. But it seems to be here the way they've they've kind of uh, uh, dealt with it uh, under these conditions. Some sort of, uh, again, a mixture, wheat pulverized. I think I saw in the English translation that something that's uh, uh, something that's un- under these kind of conditions is done. Rav Yudah says shakol, and Rav Kahana says borei mine mesonot. The question is, what is considered to be the main thing? All right, zonot is done after something that has grains within them, cookies, cake goods, etc. Shakol is something that is, you know, as we said before, the safe bracha, but fruit, something that doesn't have anything grown in the ground or anything like that. So you want to say the right bracha. That's what the question simply is. Okay, so you have here things that are mixtures. What is the main thing? If it was just kemach, if it was flour, you would do it like a cookie. You would say, Boremi name is anot. If it's honey, for instance, you would say, Shakolni Yabidvaro. What is the major ingredient of this? Is what they're dealing with. Vedasa Greda, Kulei Almala, Pligi, Amar 
Okay, so the dice are greater. In, you all said correctly. So, with, ge with generally, with cereal itself, pure cereal, you say So, what's the issue? Keep the dice Some sort of cereal or sort that was like a chavitz Some sort again a ta'arovet. All right, some sort of things that have within them honeys and those kind of things. Uh, under those conditions. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Yusei She'akol Savar Duvsha Duvsha is of course Dvash Honey The honey is the main thing and therefore you say She'akol Niyabibaro Rav Kahana says you say Borei Minei Mezunot Why? Savar Semida The Kemach The flower is the main thing. So again in a Ta'arovet in a mixture what is considered to be the major component? Whatever the major component is, that's what you say the bracha on. Sounds like honey and flour. Maybe, maybe. All right. So that's the that's the disagreement here. Amar Rav Yosef, Kavate de Rav Kahana, Mistabra, de Rav Ushmuel, de Amri Tarvayahu. Kol sheyeshbo mechamesh meshet haminim. All right. So they say, Rabbi Yosef comes later in Talmudic period, in the Gemara period, says, "Kavate de Rav Kahana mistabra." It makes sense to understand this according to Rav Kahana. Why? Because Rav and Shmuel we've learned have in another place say, "Kol sheyeshbo merchameshetaminin." Everything that has something that has from the five grains, wheat, oats, spelt, barley, okay, etc. That's considered to be the major item. And since it's considered to be the major item, and the devash isn't, therefore we say, So, what we've now brought up is this issue now of Rav and Shmuel. Not always do they agree, to say the least. This time there seems to be a, a statement that they have an agreement that anything that comes from the five grains and is a mixture with something else, the five grains are the ones that dictate the fact that you should say a bracha. And the bracha is, And therefore the disagreement above between Rav Kahana and Rav Yehuda, Rav Kahana would think, seem to believe that we would, th we would think that he believes he holds according to Rav and Shmuel because, as far as he's concerned, the flour is in the mixture. The flour is part of the five grains. And therefore we say, Boremi name is Onot. Okay? And again, what's the issue here? You want to say the right bracha. That's all. And again, as I said, so if I go back in, in early you know, day school days and for sure yeshiva days, you learn which bracha to recite. And there were brachot bees and, and those kind of things as well, so that you would know. Because once you're trained to do it, you're trained. If you don't get trained, odds are during later in life you won't do it. I've seen that if you're trained in these kind of things early in life to, to say a bracha before you eat something, do something, etc., it becomes part of your natural thing. So it's known in, in the Aramaic as girsa diyankuta literally means the language of your youth. Baby talk. Right, baby talk. Okay, once you learn it, that's how you do it. All right, one of the things that people have shown us in languages, you always count in your, in, your, in your mother tongue. No matter how many languages you learn, you will t count in your mother tongue because that's the earliest language you have. Okay? So... This, this kind of thing, therefore, is something that is ingrained in people very young. And once it's ingrained, if you wish, you continue it. But it's very difficult to do this if you're not trained. So it's, the brachot are, are critical, therefore, as we've said above, to recognize this case, brachot beforehand, because of the gratitude to God for being able to have whatever you're having. And you don't want to do a bracha levatala, you don't want to do a bracha that's inappropriate, using God's name in vain. So they're spending a lot of time on telling us what this is all about. But there is a theology behind it. 
which I think is, you know, very quite substantial. So all this discussion about what is principle between Yehuda on the one hand and Kahana on the other hand is all trumped with no by, uh, right, right. By, um, by um, this notion that any of the five states. Correct. That's the statement that they brought. They're now going to discuss that statement, but it, it gets and yeah, it gets overridden. We'll use <laughs> right by the fact that as long as it has a flower or a base from the five weeds, it doesn't matter. That's the one that's the most important. Now again, it's, it relates as well. For instance, to, we'll see it later. I think we've had it already. The seven fruits that by which Israel is known, Kitasora, etc. All those, barley, wheat, and date, honey, and all those kinds. Do these become the prominent ones in certain cases? It was felt that, that there are prominent issues or items in each case, and therefore the grains, according to Rabbishman, will override everything else. Now they're going to deal, Gufa, that statement itself, let's deal with that statement. What does it really mean? The basic, the main thing. Right. Well, Gufa, I mean, yeah, that's what Gufa is. Now they're going to deal with the statement of Rav and Shmuel. Okay, go ahead. Gufa, Rav and Shmuel, the Amri Tarvayhu. Kol sheyesh po mechameshet haminim, vachim alav borei minen zonot. Ve'itmar nami, Rav and Shmuel, the Amri Tarvayhu. Kol shehu all right, so now we go back to the statement, all right, to, to discuss this. So, Gufa, we have a statement that was just quoted. Everything that has within it, of the five grains, we say, and we learned someplace else, just the language is different. Everything that is of, Okay, is the of the five grains is boremi name is not. Why do we need both statements? If you follow the Hebrew, it's kol sheyesh bo and kol shehu. If it's a mixer, it, one seems to be a mixture and one seems to be kol shehu to be the thing. Okay, why do we need? Couldn't we? Do we need both statements? That's the question now. They're taking the statement at its face value. And they're dealing it now with the language. And, the, and as usual, it says, Utsricha. We need both statements. Why? If we had only one statement, we would think X, and we wouldn't think Y. If we only had the other statement, we would think Y and not X. And that's why we'll need both statements. Again, this is the technical way the Talmud deals with, deals with this. Okay, go ahead. Utsricha. Di'i ashmi'inan kol shehu. Okay, Kolshe. Okay. If we heard that is every you know, everything that is of the five grains, we would think that it that it is ultimately part of it. Okay, that it is of itself, but a ta'arovet lo, meaning the grains themselves, something that's made with the grains, we would say, but if it's mixed with something else, where it may not necessarily be the main ingredient, we might think that that's not the case. We don't have to say, ka mashmalan, therefore we need the second statement, kol sheyeshbo everything that has within it. Therefore, according to the first statement, if we, we need both statements to say everything made of grains and everything that is a mixture which has some grain attached to it. Therefore, in both cases we need this case of The language seems to be very much the same, but what they're differentiating is what is made of grains and what is a mixture with grains. If it's made of grains, Boremi name is anot, but does that include the mixture of it? And if it's a mixture, that, that, that becomes overriding thing, do we need the other statement? Because you would think, of course, that would be the case. And as usual, the Talmud tries to harmonize both statements to say both are necessary. 
So we're in the midst of trying to say both are necessary, whether it's made of grains or there's something that's made of grains as part of a, a rovet of a mixture that is ultimately also Borimunazonot. Okay? Okay. Now the next one. If we had it must teaches us therefore everything that has, that has anything to do with grains whatsoever. We say borei minazon. The e ashmuinan. I'll let you read that only because it's all one, one paragraph. So, we're now going to deal with something which actually has to do with Pesach. Okay? What is rice and something made of corn? Dochan seems to be some parched corn or something. Is that considered to be one of the grains or not one of the grains? Deals with Pesach, right? Okay? That's the question that they're really asking. When we deal with the five grains, we know what they are. That's that eventually, if they're allowed to ferment, that's that's chametz. But what happens with things like rice cakes, cornbread, and those kind of things? They're like the grains, but is it considered? All right. So if you're a farmer and you grow corn, or you have a rice paddy, is that like one of the grains? Wheat, oats, barley, spelt, and rye. In some ways it is. In some ways it is. Because you can make flour out of all those. Correct. Okay? In some ways it is. It's also used, it, it, it can be used, some of the corn stuff for animals and those kind of things. It has some of the traits. But it's not exactly. That's why we'll get into the Pesach, actually. They'll talk, they'll talk a little bit of the Pesach, as you'll see uh, below. So, the Iyashmu, we'll go back to the text. The Iyashmuin and Kol Sheyeshbo. If we had just everything that is within it, meaning any kind of ta'arovet, a mixture, everything that has one of the grains, the five grains, that would be But ores and dochan, which are not officially five of the five grains, rice and parched corn, lo. Mishum da'ayadei the reason you say the Borei Mezot because of the mixture. But if it's on their own, meaning just without a mixture, just eating those things. You would add Dochan and Orez because they're like it, at least. They're similar. You will make the same kind of things. And therefore, if they are not in mixed, mixtures with something else, but in and of themselves, cornbread, for instance. Okay? When we, Marcus, when you go to, very often, Ramad, in the morning, they'll serve cornbread, right? And they'll say to people, it's not mozi, it's Okay? But it looks like bread. What bracha do you say? That's what the, the issue is here. It looks like, but it isn't. Which is the whole Pesach question. It's the whole question that we call now Kit Niot. Wait, how did they get away on the airplane with Mazonot being those little rolls and not doing Mozi? Because, right, it's a good question then. And, and there's some people who think you should say Mozi. In most cases, they're made from fruit juices and not from uh, regular bread. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you use fruit juice instead of water and making it. Right, water, it's, uh, it's not the same fermentation. So you're right. You look on, if you very often you will look on the, on the, on the things, it'll say, this is Mizonos. So where are you going to wash your hands, you know? But if, if we had what we remember last year's Shuvah that we do from Rabbi Pam Bermash, you would be able to say, you should really say Motsi. So you're right. I mean, that's, those are the kind of things that, that come up. 
it's in the small print like about this if you're looking on a plane you know you try to what do I say <laughs> you get this kosher meal you don't know what you're going to eat anyhow so it's a different story <laughs> you don't know, so say a bracha on it what happens anyhow <laughs> okay kamashmalan therefore we need the other statement kol shehu everything that is from the five grains you say to exclude orizin dochan rice and parched corn that even if they are in and of themselves not part of a mixture you don't say that's not the halacha but that's it so what are they doing here they're saying we have two statements of Rav and Shmuel one says everything that is of the five grains you say Then they have another thing which is everything in which is inclu- which the five grains are included. Meaning it's a mixture with everything else. You say The Talmud asks, isn't that the same thing? And the response is no. If I had only thought X, I wouldn't have known Y. And if I had only known Y, I wouldn't have known X. And therefore, I need both statements. If I had only known having to do, look back on the previous page for a moment, at least us, that it was any kind of mixture, I wouldn't have known that if it was simply on its own, that I wouldn't say it, I would say only if it's, if it's only of the five grains by itself, but if it was a mixture, I wouldn't say it comes to teach us that you do say with the Tarovit that you do say Boremi name is And if I only had the one dealing with mixture, then I would have a I could have a problem with Orez and Dokhan, with rice and parched corn. That I might have thought that where they are part of a, a they, that, that they're um, a part of a Tarovit, I wouldn't but when they were on their own, I might. Kamashmalan, no. We don't even we don't say ores and dochan not when they're on their own, even though they look like the grains. <clears throat> so okay, so so uh, parched corn and rice are, are not identical with the Correct. other side. What do they say about the genetically modified? Those are some of the big issues that are coming up now. Those are some of the questions that are coming up now. I mean, Howard asked me yesterday, Howard Turner, they're now coming with gen- genetically modified meat and those kind of things. Movement just put up with a chuva and saying what brought, what, is it meat, is that those kind of things. And, you know, in some cases, if it looks like meat and it tastes like meat, it is meat. You know, you, you don't have it with milk, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and the same thing here, one would say. You have to say a bracha, what are you going to say, Boremineha Laboratory? <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know what you do anymore. We're, we're in, you know, is, so, the, again, the, the worst is, quote unquote, you say Sheakol. Sheakol Nidrab, that everything was created according to God's word. God was involved in the human skill and the knowledge, etc. Um, but these are things that are coming up now, which were not, you know, they had all kinds of things back then, but not in any kind of uh, sophisticated way that we have today um, in that realm. And those questions are being asked today. Yeah. 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 It seems today, as, as you alluded before, you get something in a little plastic wrapper and it's going to have... The law says you have to put all the ingredients in there, and you can look through those and know specifically if you got one of the five grains or something. Right. There you are. Right. But what did they do then? I think <coughs> again. I, I remember. I think we're we're dealing with manufactured food. Okay. We get things off a supermarket. They were mostly farmers. They produced much of the set them themselves. There was no refrigeration. Things couldn't last. There were no preservatives as we now have them. So to a large extent, I would presume they went to markets, which we know they did, Mondays and Thursdays, that's our retour, etc. on those days. They made them, got, made them themselves, etc. You know, even if they didn't, weren't farmers, they had their, you know, the eggs and the chickens and the, maybe a couple of cows in the backyard kind of thing. Or they made it, got them from their neighbors. Um, if they weren't, 
I wouldn't say it's sophisticated, but there wasn't the same kind of food preparation that we are just, you know, today, you know, you know as I say, what, what is hamotzi lechemina aris when you pick, take a piece of bread? It doesn't come from the aris. It came from either be, you made it or it came from the bakery. Right? We don't have the same kinds of sensitivity that they had. And that's why I think they, they were sense, much more sensitive to it than we are today. Well, presumably, if a farmer invited his neighbor over for dinner, right. a neighbor would probably want to, would either rely on what the farmer does in terms of proper brachot, or would ask, what's in here? Correct. Presumably, yes. As I said to you before, when we dealt, you know, when you used to go to places when there were issues of kosher cheeses and that, it's not as big as issue today because there's so much, you would, you, you, and you were invited from people, um, you would ask, uh, what do you do with cheese, do you eat kosher cheese or not? I want to know whether I can eat that particular thing or not. You rely upon your host. Um, you know, again, you'll own, if, if, if when you go to eat in, co in homes, in most cases, you rely upon the honesty of your host to make sure that they're kosher. If you're not sure, Either you ask, or you, the old story is you ask for the fruit plate. Well, related point to that is, too, that back then, um, there wasn't the difference in observance and so forth, right? You know, so that someone, if you go to a market stall, they know you're going to ask that question. Um, you probably belong to the same shul. You know, I mean, you know your observance is very similar to, to, to other people. And so everybody, you know, now you buy something from the supermarket. I mean, now, of course, at Julie, you go and they tell you which is part. But right, most right. of the times you go to the supermarket, they don't know. Right. Um, but back then, everybody was sensitive. To well, it. again, they were sensitive to it, but you can't, what you have to, what we've learned in the last number of decades is what we thought was observance levels was really not the case. There were people who were very careful. That we learned last year when we dealt with table fellowship and the Ameha Aretz. Okay, there were people that you could trust. And if you could trust them, you would eat with them, you would associate with them, mostly around what we would call table fellowship, which was very big in those days. That becomes the Last Supper, that becomes the Seder, etc. You tell stories and the whole Greek symposium issue. If you didn't trust them, with their foodstuffs, you didn't trust them on all things. Right. Okay? So they couldn't be used for aiding, for instance, on, on contracts, etc. So you knew who to trust in that sense. So if you went to a market, presumably, you would know the same thing. The same thing, again, occurs today. You have, you know, these national OUs and OKs and you know, 640 different kashrut symbols. Some people trust some of those kashrut symbols, some people don't. Yeah. You know, you can look them up today because today of the FDA you have to put on all the ingredients, etc. You, if you, you know, go back to our grandparents, our great grandparents, they knew which butcher to trust and which butcher not to trust. Okay, that was the one I wouldn't go to, kind of. Thing, you know, uh, because I, you know, whatever the case may be, and the other ones was the one that you frequented. So the same thing, I'm sure, we're with the market stalls in that case. And again, we had to be worried, in, at least in Eretz Yisrael, of did they take truma, did they take maser, did they take the tithes, what about orla, which we've learned all about. Again, you had to, tr you trusted people of your observance level. That's no different today in that realm, okay? So, any of you who have very from family, there's always a question whether they'll eat in your home. Right? That's the way it works. And either you accept it, or they accept it, or you, you know you know to invite them at home, even though you're considered kosher. Okay? We have it here with, the, with our kitchen. As far as I'm concerned, our kitchen is kosher. But if somebody's going to come with our, I, I claim, I don't claim CRC supervision, and if somebody says, well, we have Orthodox relatives, uh, can they eat from here? Uh, we, uh, we tell them, if they are concerned about it, the answer is going to be no. We will make sure that they get prepared meals from the CRC if that's what they really need to have. Because I'm not going to represent something that we're not. That's just not, that's just not honesty. Right. right? So in that sense, Steve, yes, we, you have to be able, the, the honest nature of kashrut or these kind of things as well is tell the, tell the person that you're inviting or the catering establishment you're dealing with, or the market stall you're selling from, what your standards are. If they are not comfortable with their standards, 
Okay, they'll probably find someplace else. If they are, etc. That relates to a lots of different things that I deal with. Okay, it relates to the politics of of, of weddings and conversions and and divorces. Remember, somebody comes to me in terms of conversions. The first thing I say is, as far as I'm concerned, the conversion I do is halakhic. It's appropriate. But if you're worried that you may sometimes meet somebody who's orthodox, maybe you should think about something else too. I want to put that out there so that I'm, I'm being intellectually honest. Same thing occurs with divorce and those kind of things. It's no different from, and if they say, well, we accept your standards, okay, that's fine, then let's move forward. But if, they, if, if they're concerned about it, it's not my life, it's their life. And the same thing with foodstuffs. Okay, you tell people this is our standard of kashrut. If it's not up to your levels, you decide. But I don't want it on my conscience that I've led you to a place that's inappropriate. So it relies. It relates to lots of different things in that realm. What does CRC do that Bethel doesn't do? I don't think our standards are pretty high, and we try to live by CRC. But we don't have a CRC mashkiach. Was it just political? Yes, it is. It, it, part of it is, yes. Yeah. Part of it is, yes. I mean, do they have higher standards than the The answer to that is we've tried, again, we've tried to live by CRC's standards. Okay. Tried. Um, but, but every time either CRC or OU, the big ones, come in, they cusher our kitchen, they cusher the ovens. And they bring. They don't use any of our utensils. That's the deal we've worked out with them. And they, but they have to bring their own mashkiach. We will not. So, so if you, if you, if you, okay, I don't know what I'm saying yet. But if you engage Circle of Life Catering, you know that you are living by the standards of supervision that, in essence, I've established. Working with Avram and with Mark, who's considered to be Mashkiah. And that we will try. What? Let me finish. Mark is? Mark Stanley. Okay. okay? And that we're trying to live up to the highest standards as we decide, in some cases, higher than your homes. Because we're trying to be more careful so people can feel we'll, we'll take it the higher standards. But if you ask us, if you have from relatives who are concerned about eating here, is this orthodox supervision where our answer is no it is not we don't pretend it is because it's under the rubric of a conservative rabbi if you're comfortable what that's the only difference in essence it is it's not an orthodox supervisor doing it okay so if it's if you don't have a kashrut certifier then the you're not going to take and you're concerned about it you're not going to take that particular uh, place as totally supervised. It's as simple as that. And therefore, if you want Danzigers or if you want Zeldas or all the others that are marked by those, the rule is you have they have to bring in their mashkiah. We don't do ashkafa for them. And they will come in and if they're doing hot food and kasher our ovens, we'll work with them. We won't use the ovens if that they're going to use. But they're responsible for the kashrut they're responsible for all of the kalim, all of the vessels, because we they won't use our stuff, and it works for everybody. If you are you want to use us, and you have from relatives, what we will tell you is we will get prepared CRC meals for you. Then make sure that they're, they're that the, these people can live up to their supervision, because we want to be fair to them too, and want to have include them. Okay, so. In that sense, we try to be, you know, uh, honest in our dealings with everybody. Okay, that's the way it works. So this does have some effect uh, in terms of the uh, the things. So let's go on because we're still now we're still dealing now with rice and parched corn. The and don't on ores on rice and parched corn, don't we say bore minos minosot? Didn't we learn someplace else? Okay, 
ומברך עליו תחילה לסוף כמעשה קדרה. לגבי מעשה קדרה, טניה, בתחילה מברך עליו שני מזונות, ולבסוף מברך עליו ברכה אחת. Okay, so we had Tanya. We learned in a Tarehic source if they bring before him a rice cake, pat oriz, rice bread, officially, okay? Upat dochan, cornbread. You say a bracha on the beginning and a bracha on the end. Like something which is cooked. And what is that? With regard to matsekedera, we learn. And you finish with bracha me'en shalosh, not berkat amazon, but the bracha achrona. Therefore, shouldn't you recite orez and dochan? Boremi's name is anot anyhow. Why did we exclude it above? The response is. It doesn't matter if it's like a, a cooked dish or not a cooked dish. Okay, so it's like the cooked thing you eat, you say a blessing before and after. But it's also not quite like that. Why? You'd say, Boremi name is Anot. But not unlike a maseg mekdera bilu hacha, but tilam avarechalav shakol niyabidvaro. And when you say shakol niyabidvaro, what do you say afterwards? That little phrase, not barachamish mein shalosh, but boreinif ashot rabban lokasvanah kol mashvarata baruch el haolamim. That's what you say. Otherwise, so what they're suggesting here is, is orez and dochan really like a maseg mekdera? Where you say boreinif. Something which is cooked. Something which is cooked. Okay. All right. Um, and, and and if if it's like that, you'd say boremi name is anot. It finished with bracha achrona. Or is it not like it, where you'd say shakolni edvivaro, and finish off with baruch elalim boreni fashot rabot. What's the boreni fashot one? Where is that? If you look, if you look. Take out, take out a bencher. Take out a bencher. What, what's the shawashah kedera? Kedera is, a, is like a, is a pot, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I just pass a couple around, so I'll show you. I'll show you again. So. I know. I know. I think it's page. We did this once before, but let's just—it's good to review it. Page sixty-eight, just so you can look on with somebody quickly. All right, everybody got one to just at least look on? All right, so if you look at the top of page 68, Bracha Achrona, it says after cake, wine, or certain fruits, that's Bracha Me'in Shalosh. And look at the bottom of page 71, Fashot. after any foods or liquids are crying the blessing, Shakol. Fashot Rabban, Bahem Nefesh Kochai, Baruch Those are the differences. Okay, so one includes things with grains, wine, and fruits. And again, why are we dealing with all this? Because you would say, Borei Priya Eitz, Borei Priya Gafen, Borei Mene But anything that you'd say, Shehakol, you finish that little one sentence. And of course, anything that's of the five grains made like bread, you say, Borei Berkat Amazon. So there really are... are are different brachot at the beginning, different brachot at the end. Okay? Does that help, Fran? Yeah, they make sure you fix So it's part of the brachot. No, it's officially not. Oh. If you can, you can just do that by itself. 
Okay? If you, you just do that by yourself, you, you know, had something that, did, that you didn't say, Borei is or not Borei, so Borei Priyagav, you just said Shekho, you just say that one. So if you go into Kiddush on Shabbat morning. Aha, yes. And you just have cake or fruit or wine. You should say Baruch or not. You should say this and not participate in the, you know. If you didn't have bread, okay, if you didn't, what should happen? Doesn't happen all the time, to say the least. But that should happen. Then when we when we have bread, and you didn't eat bread, okay? If you had bread with us, you should sit down and have brikat amazon. That's what I've been trying to teach the congregation. I've done a good job at it, but I'm still trying. If you didn't have bread, you should stop talking. You should answer to the first part to the zimun, okay? To rabbi you don't have to say all of brikat amazon. But after Hazanet Hakol, you should say Amen, and you can keep eating. Not talking, but keep, <laughs> but keep eating, and when you finish, you can say Bracha Achrona. That would really be the halakhic manner. Now, we learned last, last year, in one of the Shuvot, that, he, that Rabbi Pam Barmar said, even if you didn't have a full bread meal, you should say Birkat Amazon afterwards. That's what he did at the end of last year, where there's a new... new Tshuva, uh, and, and she can say more. But that's what really should happen. So, what I've tried to do here, needless to say, is when we have bread, wait till everybody has it, and we'll do Brikadamazon together. Presumably, you're going to have bread too, because there's always bagels out, and it's, it's not just bread for the front table as such, right? It's bread for everybody. We don't do that. I mean, that's why I don't, I don't like the idea of we'll have bread, you know, let's say Borei Hamotzi, um, and just at the front table. And then nobody else does it, and then you don't do Birkat Amazon, etc. I mean, people have all. This is the way I've done Kiddushes here. You'll decide in the future whether you'll continue to do it here that way. But done it this way so that it's inside the Makom Seuda, which we talked about once before, in the place where it's in, and we have bread for everybody. And therefore, we presume that the people who are in line are going to have bread too. Why we have washing stands? Why we do Birkat Amazon? When we don't have bread, we don't do mozi. Everybody's on their own. But if you've had cake or wine or fruit, you, you should, should really say bracha korna. Correct. Correct. Chesronan means that which is which is lacking. Chaser. It's not a good translation. It's not a good translation because of it's a very tough. Hebrew word in that sense. Okay? You'd have to read it of Baruch Tashem Borei Rabot who creates many different souls, many different things. The Chesronan al Komashabarata. And 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 they're lacking thereof. Of everything that you've created. In order to create something which is of, of a living spirit. Baruch Elamin God who is the spirit of the universe. I'm confused. What is Bracha Chodah? Bracha Me'en Shalosh. Right here on page 68. Take a look at, take a look in there. Okay? Halakal Kalav Al Miyav Al Tnuvad Azadeh Leretz Kamdat Tovar Tov Rashitin Chodolav Atenu, etc. That's Bracha Chodah. You don't say it when you haven't had bread. Or the equivalent thereof. Okay? That's Bracha Chodah. In, in our case, if you come Shabbat afternoon, um, many of you do, what we do in that case is we say both of them, because some of you have had cake, and some of you have had tuna fish and crackers, or whatever the case may be. Potato chips. Or potato chips, right. Or something just water, whatever the case may be. So we actually do both of them here. We don't do hamosi because we don't have bread. You do both of which both for the or not? And, um, and, and the other one too but because we have Mizonot out there too we have cookies and cakes and whatever of them less over I mean whatever we have for everybody too what, what's implied by the words after certain fruits does that mean some are not included there's a question of having to do again the fruits of which Israel is, is known by the seven fruits are those considered to be special and need a special bracha that's why. Okay. That's why all this matters in that sense. Again, 
if you're part of the system, there's a theology behind it. You want to do the right thing. You want to say the right bracha. And so, again, if, if you're in a training mode, specifically in, a, you know, a, a, in the schools, you know, day schools, religious schools, okay, you know, before you have your snacks in preschool, you're already taught brachot, right? What is the whole Shabbat experience? You know, I speak to my, my two-year-old grandson, and what's Shabbat? Hala, grape juice, you know, <laughs> but he knows that's the brachot. We bought him with the, I think I brought him a cute thing from the from the gift shop. You know, the Shabbat little thing, where you okay with a challah board and can't. So he knows. He, we put him up, and when we were there with him, he put him up for the candles and went like this. It was very cute. And then I said, and what do you say for the bread? Covered. <laughs> I said, no, Sam, you don't do that. <laughs> this is very cute. So yeah, again, you teach kids brachot very early, right, Marcy? I mean. At the earliest of ages. You try. No, you try because once you're ingrained with it, if you're ingrained with it, then there's a chance that as you grow up, you'll just do it normally. If you don't do it as a kid, it's very tough to. Because we're so we're so natural. The food is put on your table. You take the food, you eat it. Jewish religious theology says uh, give gratitude beforehand. We don't sit down. You know that's why this issue of grace. Okay, if you're if you're in a Christian kind of thing, they always say, "Let's pray." It's you know, I, I give them a lot of credit because what they're doing is they're taking a moment at that point, whatever they say. Hey, when I'm in interfaith kind of things, before you take of the meal, somebody offers a prayer. It's a moment of devotion because this is a gift. Who says you're entitled to that gift? Okay. So we we do the mozi, you know. It's like you know, it's like again, it's the old the, the disc jockeys, you know, or, or the bands that the that's the. We're now going to call up the grandfather to do the mozi, and they sing tradition or you know, sunset, sunrise, sunset. You know, oh god, you know, it's the oldest uncle who always does it, right? The, 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 the mozi, but it adds something to the whole sense of what this meal is about. Part of them are fruits and part of them are skitasa ora, barley, wheat, barley, honey, rimon, tena, figs. Mention, mention the book of Deuteronomy. The seven, seven species, a better word, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sandy knows them well. No, you've done work on it. I know that. Okay. So it's not that all of them are fruit. The first two aren't really. No, it's kitaso around the wheat and barley, but they're called the. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're still dealing back with ores and dochan. Okay. The ores love Is it? And what is ores? Again, this is the issue with rice. This is the issue with rice in Pesach. Is it like the grains, or is it not like the grains? If it's like the grains, then you can't eat a Pesach. If it's not like the grains, then you can't eat a Pesach. And as you know, there are different minhagim. There are different customs in the Sephardic and in the Ashkenazim. And even in the Ashkenazim now, the movement has, has said that the rice may be permitted because it's not quite the same thing. This is really the issue here. It's not, they're not dealing with Pesach. They're dealing with Brachot. But the issue of whether rice is exactly like the five grains is the same issue because while rice is not exactly the same, you can do much with rice as you do with the other five grains. And again, religious law tries to keep the gvulot, tries to keep the boundaries lest you move too close to, well, if I can eat rice cakes and this, then I can probably have something with wheat or barley or whatever the case may be too. These are five different species, and I, I don't even know what they are themselves. You, they, I mean, they, you can just read, somebody read the English, it's good enough for me. What are the five things? Oh, it says... Um Wheat kernels split into two parts. Wheat kernels crushed into three parts, chiragis. 
flour, wheat kernels crushed into four parts, zariz, wheat kernels crushed into five parts, arsan, the oras. And oras. Whatever those are. I have no clue, again, what exactly that means. But oh, the main thing for us is oras is, is, is added with regard to wheat. That's the message for us. Okay, which means that it means it's like wheat. Therefore, what brachad you say, and therefore again, the whole Pesach issue. Here it says, Rav Sadi Agaon said these are types of shredded barley. Okay, but again, it's some sort of grain. It means, right in this statement, rice is like the other grains. That's all that I, what we need to really understand uh, by that, okay? So with this kind of thing, then how, how could the, because in in essence, it's not. It isn't exactly one of the five grains. You never count. As, uh, you know, you don't count rice as one of those five grains, right. even our, in our, the way we understand it. Therefore, it's a gzera lest. Okay, and what was the whole issue of rice in most cases? It was grown in the same area, and lest you use it in the same kind of way, and you use rice like rice cakes and those kind of things in the same kind of fashion therefore better not use it but today we're much more careful the Sephardim for the Sephardim rice is a staple okay how many rice patties do you think there were in Poland and Russia <laughs> it didn't exist <laughs> no I don't think so <laughs> what did you say? when we get to Poland now you look for him, Larry <laughs> so that that that's why because it's 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 clear they're, they're debating it here. So there's a suffix. It's no doubt that oats, barley, streets, you know, spelled rye, etc. Okay, that's without a doubt. But rice, you can see even here, they're not sure about. Does that include what we're talking about? Rice? Does that include things like spelt? The spelt is one of the grains, but spelt is not what we normally eat. It's given to animals. Very often. Although now, can you do it? But now you can. Now I mean, again. But now people are eating it because it's, it's right. But originally, it's not. It wasn't one of. You know, no, spelt is one of the grains. Well, mm -hmm. What is the Hebrew spelt? What? Do you know what what we call it in Hebrew? Yeah, it was in. It was in here. I don't remember. Hold on, it was in here. But can you eat the animal that's eating the smelt? Okay, so th that's really the issue here. Um, all right, I want to read two more two more lines, and and, and then I want to do the orach halachah so we can come to what, what we do with rice. Who was the one who said this? Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri he, Zitanya, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri Omer, Oras nindaganhu. Oras is like a grain, according to Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, then. And this has to do with Pesach. If you allow it to ferment and you eat it, since it's like a grain, like Pesach when you eat it, karet mot yumat. That's what the Torah says. That's what the Torah says. It's a, not by the judicial law of the of uh, the land. It's God takes care of you. That's all. Okay. Ochel mi machmetzet karet mot yumat. But it's like if you do it right without fermenting, what is matzah really? Matzah is the wheat and the flour, etc., but doesn't have 18 minutes. So according to Rabbi Nochman Nuri, oris, rice, is an actual grain. It has the same properties as wheat. You, if you don't allow it to ferment for 18 minutes, you can use it for matzah. But if you allow it for more than 18 minutes, it is chametz, you cannot eat it. That's why filka, tragi, solet, sari, zarsan, ores, it's all part of the grain family. Aval rabbanan, lo. Rabbanan don't hold that, that it's not. That's why, friends, since it's a question about ores, you get different. There's no doubt that wheat and the rest of them are, everybody has the same policies. But rice, as you can see here, has a machloket. So I, I want to stop there, and I want to look back the previous page. I want to do Orachalacha for a moment. Pre, just look at the last one, Daisa, so we can get our brachot ready. Daisa. Uh, 
So everything the Daisa, Syria, that's why I say the kids take this little thing beforehand to say, everything that has one of the grains, even if it's not the major item, if it's a ta'arobet, you say, so if you have, if you put in, you make flour and you're making cookies, and you throw in all kinds of other things too, even if the flour isn't the main ingredient, over the cookie you say, Borei Mine Mizonot. Okay, now I can turn the page. Birchat Orez. The bottom of the page again, Orafa Allah. Okay. Yeah, next page. Birchat Orez. Orez Mibarchin Alav Borei Mine Mizonot. With Orez, we don't hold like Rabu Shmuel, who said only with the five grains. Orez, over time, became like a grain, but not actually a grain. So as that's the case, we say Boremi name is Onot. So over a rice cake, as such, you say Boremi name is Onot, even though Rabu Shmuel said it had to be one of the grains. We don't follow them. That's why, again, friend, it's, you can see is Inter, this kind of thing somewhere in the middle. Uvita arovet. And in this case, even if there's rice in it, if you have rice pudding or something, and most of it isn't the rice, you don't. You go after that which is the most prevalent. Okay, with the gun, with, with grains. As long as there's grains there, you say boremi is anoint. But Orez is not quite a grain, and therefore, if there's a mixture and there's something else which is greater val volume, you do the greater volume. Mahu Orez, that's right. What is rice? What exactly was rice? Now, rice, again, because they're dealing in Europe, Tosafot and Rashi. They didn't see rice. They didn't see rice. Again, when, when, we, when we find about corn? When we came to America. When he came to America, Columbus, right, etc. These things didn't exist in most cases in terms of the world in which this is dealing with. So there was a mafloka exactly what is rice. If you're not sure, you say shakol. But that's, but that's why the Sargon, because they lived in North Africa, Correct. in the Middle East, and Correct. they had rice Correct. in India. Correct. This is all part of the real, what we call the realia, the reality of the situation. You know, they didn't know what corn. It's always better to say no, because you don't want to go against Allah. You know the laws of comets, etc., with corn and rice. That's why that became the custom. Birchat Dochen. Birchat Dochen. Al Dochen Rachim Shachol Shela Inyan Zeh Nisharu Divrei Rabbi Shmuel Hayamim. So, with regard to dochan, this parched corn, that you say shako, that we follow Rav Shmuel. So even corn and rice are not exactly the same thing. You're defining it as millet. And millet, okay. So what's millet? It's a corn, sort. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a corn. Mm-hmm. Right. Tavshil. Tavshil mechameshet haminim al tavshilim Anything that's a tarov, anything that's a mixture which has the grains in it, you say Borei Minazonot. Finally, Orez Bepesach. Here you go. Orez Bepesach. Orez Einbo Isur Chametz. Ve'ein Yotzim Bo... This is the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch, remember, is the Sephardic halacha. And according to them, it's not real chametz, but you can't fulfill your obligation for matzah on rice issues. Vinahagu. And some communities... Some communities, the Shulchan Aruch, we know the Ashkenazic Minhag became this way. Some of the ca- custom communities didn't forbid Orez 
rice on Pesach. Why? Because they'd made a decree, a separation. Either that it was a mixture like chametz, or it looked like chametz, and that's the Bagain Avraham, Moshe Israelis from Poland, and that became the Ashkenazic minhag. Yes. So this is why rice is ultimately changing, changed by kihila, because they're not sure whether it's one of the grains or not. It looks like, but it really isn't. What bracha do you say on it? What's it before, and what bracha do you say afterwards? And since you're not sure, those who knew about it, like the Spartan, said it's not. The Ashkenazim, who really didn't know rice, said it's better not to do it because it could look like it. Okay? And therefore, better not to do it a gezeira. But it's a chametz itself. It's what we call kipniot, more than anything else. So again, you see the relation here to again the theology and to our practices today, not only in terms of brachot, but in terms of oras and pesach, and why there's at least a differentiation of customs, because they weren't sure exactly what oras was, whether it wasn't grains or not. It looked like, but it ain't quite. Go. Oh. Okay? Oh, last question. Yes. Um, if corn was not known at that time, how would it get on top of it? Again, it was a kind of corn. Whether it was exactly what we have today, I don't know. In, in my edition, it defines it as millet, which is different. Well, millet's a kind of, kind of corn, which but I not think, quite the same. I think may have been found. Right, which 